absolutely. This is the problem. In 1996, Taylor Swift didn't exist yet. And that is the problem. Only seven years old. Yeah, she's only seven years old at the time. She was not currently out there making bops yet. Hello, and welcome back to Hate Spinnerbait, a Sarah Dessen podcast where we hate spinnerbait, but we love the bonds of sisterhood. Uh, it's a little schmaltzy, but, um, you know, there's a lot of sisterhood uh, in this novel as we wrap up, both literal, figuratively, and friendships. Um, I'm Bethany. If you're just joining us for the first time, hi, welcome. I apologize for my even more than normal nasally voice. I am getting over a little congestion, cold gunk. Um, with me, as always, is Michael Ann. Hi, Michael Ann. How are you today? <laughs> I am doing. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's the middle of the week. I'm. I've only thought about going back to the restaurant industry four times today instead of my typical oh. seven. So I'm proud of you. Yeah, you that's know. good. That's good. <laughs> we call that growth, everyone. We call that growth. That's progress right there. Oh, geez. Uh, so before we dive in, we will be finishing up that summer, everyone, this week. We've got a few chapters left. We are down one wedding, one wedding to go. Uh, so to speak. Um, Michael, do you want to recap us quickly on just, you know, what so everyone remembers, so we remember what we've been reading so far? So, so far we have met, um, oh, I, oh my God, I forgot her name. We, we have met Aben. <laughs> Haven. Haven Nailed and her it. family. Uh, her mm -hmm. mom doesn't have a name. Her dad, yes, weird, right? Her so dad, weird. Uh, and her mom have gotten divorced. Dad is, has remarried a much, 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 much younger woman that he had an affair with. We've mm -hmm. kind of been looking at Haven's summer job at Little Feet. She's run into her sister's ex-boyfriend Sumner, her manic pixie dream boy. Mm-hmm. Her life has kind of been shambles. She's feeling really bad about her parents' divorce, about her sister's impending marriage. And she is just lost and confused. And the last time we saw her, she was driving around the Lakeview Mall with her Manic Pixie Dream Boy, Sumner. Oh, yeah. Is that a good recap? Okay. That, was, that was beautiful. I loved it personally. Um, yeah, so we're diving in today to chapter seven, and occasionally, as we've liked to do so far as we've gone through this novel, is every once in a while, something pops up and you go, oh, yes, this this did come out in 1996. And one of those things is right here in the first page of chapter seven, 
um, when he talks about, um, you know, Sumner, Manicus, Dream Boy has all of these jobs. Besides Pepper and Cheese Man and Mall Security, who is also mowing the lawn at the cemetery and driving a school bus for, I'm not going to say it, but the R word, hard R word, children. Um, so, yeah, when I got to this page, I was like, oh, yes, we we could print the R word in 1996. <laughs> yes. um, I like to think we've all grown since then, hopefully, as a society. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Some of us have. Probably some of us haven't. (laughs) But yes, that's our that's our that's so nineties moment of today's episode. Everyone, hope you all (laughs) hope you all appreciated that. It wasn't as great as you remember it. Yeah. mm, Those were tinted glasses. Sometimes we said really terrible things. Yeah. So here we are. Um, I want to say one of the first things I noted, we have discussed in the last couple of weeks, how now that we are people who have recently come from planning a wedding or are currently in the throes of planning a wedding, how both of us have kind of related to Ashley a lot more than we probably did when we were like 12 years old and reading this. And we get to a point where I will read um, this quote here from chapter seven, where Ashley says, and quote, God, I'm so sick of making decisions, a pause, during which I heard my mother stirring her coffee and writing these damn thank you notes. Does anyone really think that I'm not grateful for their gift? Is it really necessary for me to state it in writing? And yes, yes, it is. But I agree. I think at a certain point, I was set up with having to make any sort of decision. I was like, I don't care. Burlap saps can go on these tables. I'm over it. And also thank you notes. And it's, I, that sounds terrible. And I want it to be noted that I'm not an ungrateful person, but I, in talking to friends and family, if I'm saying thank you to them in person or in a text message or even a phone call, very natural to me, I will be like, Oh my God, thank you so much. This is so appreciated. Thank you for just alone coming to my wedding or any event around my wedding, a bridal shower or a bachelorette party or anything like that. Like legitimately, don't even need a gift. The fact that you showed up is enough. The gift, cherry on the top of the cake, right? But the second I sit down to write a thank you note, it's like writing a business email. I would get all up in my head about it. And I'd be like, sir, squire, thank you, madam, <laughs> for that lovely gift. I will use it. And like, no one talks like that. But you just get so open your head. Like, you, it's so formal somehow. And you were writing it to friends and family. But I, yeah, so I've never felt something more in my life. I was like, yes, I'm... Again, I have been invited to any of these things, and I've never thought this person isn't grateful that I gave them this thing. But it is this formality that, like, you have to do it, and like, you do have to do it. But yeah, it's just awkward. I also had that section um, highlighted, and I wrote "me" in all caps because <laughs> I know once I get to the thank you cards, I'm gonna be like, oh. I don't care anymore. I don't care. And you just like forget, like you tell yourself you're going to do a really good job. Of, and especially in this day and age, like here in 1996, must have been even more difficult to like remember who got you things. In this day and age, it's all online registries. Like it was not hard for me to go to my Target registry and see who bought me what. But I'm like, I have to remember my sign in. I have to look at it. Oh, this person got me three different things on three different registries. So I have to go in and like, I was afraid I wouldn't thank them for the right thing, which again, no one would care, but you get so up in your head about it. And it's the dumbest thing. 
I also wanted to mention um, a page before that. They were talking about Haven and how she has grown and they're going to have to keep refitting her dress. And I was just mm-hmm. like, oh. Yeah, that's, Poor that's, Haven. A whole, that's a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, as someone who has had to tailor many a bridesmaid's dress and a wedding dress, the struggle is real. But I, again, it's a good way of pointing out yeah, her very, her very much not feeling comfortable in her skin as we have learned about her and how she thinks she is too tall. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like her mother doesn't do a very good job of helping in this regard. Like all of them seem very frustrated about this dress. And it's like, it's not her fault that she's a bridesmaid at 15. Like that is when you were growing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's not yeah, her exactly. fault. And then on the next page or a couple yeah the next page we have um ashley and haven chatting and (laughs) ashley says you know you're gonna be really grateful someday for being tall which is like probably true oh i don't know Mm. i'm not tall but i assume at some point tall women are like fuck yeah i'm tall or at least i hope they do right um but I know, like, in the moment, you're like, you know what? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Now, now is not the time. You know what no one ever wants to hear when they're feeling bad about themselves or going through something? It's like, one day you'll appreciate this struggle. Get the fuck out of here. Like, no one wants to hear that. Like, nope. in hindsight 2020, in retrospect, if you want to bring that up, like, five years, like, there are certain things that – you know, friends and I, our family and I like laugh about now. We're like, remember three years ago when this was such a big deal, but three years ago, if they would have said that to me, no. So like, get out of here. Don't even, don't even do that, Ashley. Not cool. And this is also where I know we talked about this a little bit in the first episode. I don't know what's going to make the cut and what's not. We'll see. But um, I was, I have these post-it notes in here talking about how sad I was when my first sibling got married. I remember that like, Just like that sadness of like, oh man, I lost them before I really even got to have them. Um, Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, that is such a hard thing to grapple with when you're a kid and your older sibling gets married. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, the age that Haven is, and obviously I know you were quite young when your first sibling got married. Um, I was a bit older. I mean, now I feel like I was quite young. I was like 19. But at the time, I thought like, oh, I'm pretty, I'm mature. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think especially being a younger teenager and having a sibling getting married because no one is to, you know, quote Taylor Swift, we're all just finding out who we're trying to be at 15. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know. And so like Haven – it's not her best version of herself right now. And she's essentially losing her sister in that time. And like adult, when you're the relationship you have with your siblings in your adulthood is so much different. And some of a part of you is kind of like, wouldn't it have been cool if we could have had like our adult brains, but like live together. Like, you know, like when you're like, I don't know the relationship you have with your like siblings when you're children is and I have like a good relationship with them don't get me wrong but like I yeah like the certain things like the way our relationship is now like oh man wouldn't this have been cool if we could have had this when we were like 
living together. <laughs> and right. now we like all have our own lives, but like, look how cool, like, look how we vibe. Look at the things we can talk to about now, you know? Yeah. It's, just, yeah. it's like sad, but like, I don't know. Also kind of, it's, it's nice in a, at the same time. Yes. I feel like this is just more of her like struggle with her identity because her sister's going, her parents are divorced. She doesn't know what the hell her life's going to look like now. Ugh. Yeah. Identity crisis. Even. Coming of age for sure. She is having a time. Um, yeah. To carry on with our thoughts and feelings about Haven and her relationship with Ashley and her, you know, moving out when she's just getting to, you know, kind of find her way back to her, or at least hoping to. Um, I do have this passage highlighted from chapter seven as well. This is another, this is a lengthy one, but another one that just kind of right in the feels. So we, here we are. <clears throat> Ashley had two weeks left in the bedroom beside mine with a wall so thin between us that I always knew when she cried herself to sleep or had nightmares and tossed in her sleep. I knew a lot more about Ashley than she would have allowed me to if she could have controlled such things. There was a strange bond between us. However unintentional, the divorce, the wall, the years that separated us or didn't. My sister was leaving the house and me in just two weeks. And regardless of it all, good and bad, I would be sad to see her go. And if that doesn't just sum it up. Because, like, again, in, in in their relationship, I mean, just in this novel, I can see there has, you know, neither of them are perfect people, neither of them are perfect sisters, but there is something so slightly tragic about that chapter ending and Haven, you know, still being sad to see her go, even though they didn't have the most perfect relationship. Mm -hmm. And I also loved just that, you know, the thin walls and the, the fact of like, if Ashley could control these things, she wouldn't have allowed me to see it. But I, I know these things that she's not even aware of. And I think that's like a really, like, that's a certain dynamic that you can only get from growing up with someone and, and yeah, seeing them at their most vulnerable um, at times that they don't, you know, even want to want to be seen. Yeah, definitely. I have this highlighted, but I'm just trying to figure out what the context is. Rock on, yeah. Oh, okay. So it is when um, Haven's mom is kind of talking about like, um, I kind of think we should sell the house. Which like, yes, God, pump the brakes. Give I know. Haven a minute. Oh this my is so. This is the span of two months, and <sighs> she. I'm gonna stress this one more time. Is 15. This is a lot of changes. Yeah, this is the the latest bombshell, and there's gonna be another one coming up very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the latest bombshell. Her mother's all like very casually, very flippantly. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna sell the house. Yeah. And she's talking about her feelings and how she feels about this, and she's staring at her mother, and she's thinking about Lewis and Ashley. And she says, But as I looked at her at the concern in her face, I said none of this. I would push it back again, dig my heels into where I stood while the world shifted around me. What I'd considered givens suddenly lost to someone else's mistakes, miscalculations, or whims. A marriage, a sister, a house, each an elemental part of me now gone. Oh. Yep. Sarah Dessen. Yeah. Sarah Dessen, man. It's so sad. It is just like, oh, man. Yeah, there that... Because it's like, yeah, she's the only one where nothing is technically changing because of her. It's like... Ashley's getting married. Her parents, right. uh, her dad's getting married. 
Like there's nothing she has any control over and she's just trying so hard to like grip on to the stability that she had previously. Yeah. I feel like she is a bystander in her own life right now. Like she Absolutely. doesn't get a say. Um, I also liked this line. Uh, this is not as deep as um, some of the conversations she's had about her sister leaving and potentially her own childhood home being put on sale. But I did just enjoy this line. It's okay. I think we should all be allowed to yell at each other at least once before the wedding. It would probably do us all a lot of good. Pro tip, everyone in life, Mike Land, talking to you here. Yeah, <laughs> just get out a good, just one good yell before the wedding. It'll do you a hell of a lot of good. You just gotta, I just, you know, vent to someone or yell at someone. Maybe yell at the wall if you have to. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure I'll be yelling at somebody on my wedding day. (laughs) Okay, so we get to the end of this chapter, and Haven is talking to Sumner, who, again, is her manic pixie dream boy of this novel. Um, Used to date Ashley, and I think Haven still 100% has a pet on a pedestal. Um, She's talking to him essentially about how she... For some reason, it's very important to her that Haven or Haven, that Ashley and Sumner reunite in some way, like at least say hello to each other because she's reconnected with him this summer. And again, as we are kind of aware, Haven does not seem to be the biggest Lewis fan. So she's talking about, you know, it's not like you did anything to her, yada, yada, yada. And then she says, I didn't know why this was so important to me. Maybe I thought he could bring back the Ashley I like so much. The one who liked me. Maybe Sumner's magic could work on both of us again. And ding, dang, if that ain't exactly why Sumner is so important to her in this summer. Um, that's so hard to say. Sumner in this summer. Because, yeah, like we were just saying, she's such a bystander in her life right now. There's all these changes going around. Selling houses. All these marriages. And she wants something to hold on to. And I just think it's so sad that she, you know, she remembers, you know, that summer with Sumner and her parents were happy and her sister liked her and took her on, you know, in the car with him. And she just wants those people back. And it's it's so important to her. And I, I just love that sentence because right there it just sums up exactly why she is so drawn to him, you know. Uh, here during this current summer yes he's just representative of everything she's lost Mm -hmm. we're ready to go to chapter eight chapter eight let's hit it ah yes this chapter starts of information about casey and the summer she's got going on Mm -hmm. casey 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 Mm. girl 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 he's (laughs) mm. he's not worth it girl he's just not worth it (laughs) Not worth it. Yeah, this chapter, um, we have our next big bombshell breaks, which we've discussed the last couple of episodes about how we think that Haven's dad's a bit of a dick. I will say that I think this chapter solidifies the fact that this man is a dick. Yeah. Because essentially, he breaks on TV on the the little nightly news with the weather pet that he and the weather pet are expecting. Did not tell his children. Did not warn anyone in his own personal life. 
they break this on their little local nightly news and she's over at Casey's house and this is how she finds out. Her dad is the, like, he's the worst. He's the worst. Yeah, He's a shit father. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say about that. Yep. Uh, before that, before that happens? Question mark? Yes. Before that happens, they're outside and they see Gwendolyn Rogers and she's mm. just like standing in her yard. Yeah. And it's being very like, boo, boo Radley. Very boo Radley. And I wrote in the margins here that I want a book about Gwendolyn. Give me Gwendolyn's yes. story. I need, I need more Gwendolyn. I really feel for Gwendolyn and I would like to know more of her story. A thousand percent. Sarah also, doesn't. I believe in a previous episode, I said my coworker named his daughter Gwendolyn, but I was wrong. It's Guinevere, which is even cooler. That is, yeah, that is even cooler. I love a little, I was a big fan of BBC's Merlin. So <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a really great right. niche. <laughs> It's really not to out myself as an absolute nerd. Um, (laughs) But I hear the throne is open, so maybe King Arthur will rise. Anyway. (laughs) Oh, God. When she on TV, like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, Dad? That's, oh, I really, I just, I don't think I remembered this um, from when I was younger, rereading it now as an adult. And then I, I got to this chapter and I was legitimately fuming. I was like, they did not just drop that bombshell on the news that they knew she could be watching. Like, why would you not tell your family? But just, no, no, not cool. It's not cool. Also, Sumner could not get any more ridiculous. He is now selling encyclopedias. So there you go. Which is the most ridiculous thing. That's like, oh my gosh. Also oh. very, could only have happened in like the 80s and 90s. Like that's not yeah. a job you that would exist it. today. <laughs> it's not how that would work now. Oh, yes. This this paragraph here. Um, and I felt it again, that same feeling I got whenever, that same feeling I got whenever another change or shift in my life was announced to me. Selling the house, Ashley's tantrums, now the baby. That need to dig my heels and prepare myself for the next shock in its aftermath. I was tired of hanging on, taking the torn pieces to make something whole with them. She's just like going through it. It's just She's like really so hard to it. read. I mean, it's not hard to read. It's, it's, very yeah, it's well great. Written, very well like, written. But there are times where I just feel so extremely sad. like, yeah, just sad for her. I mean, just sad for teenage girls in general. Yeah, <laughs> we have there, so y'all. many emotions. We don't know what the <laughs> hell to do with them. It's like... It's hard out there, kids. I truly, I just, yeah, I think it's so sad that there has just been so much boom, 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 boom after another that you would get to a point where you're just like, what's next? And I think that's such a relatable human feeling. Like there are times, like, you know, the expression, when it rains, it pours. And that's why, like, bad things always come in three, that kind of thing. Like something happens and you're like, Jesus Christ, like what else? And that's, a terrible way to like feel and live life, but it's so human to yeah. just be like, Oh dear God, like what, what could possibly be next? Cause of course you wouldn't look at it like, Oh, that's it. Okay. Yeah. We're done. Like after this, nothing else could happen. No, you'd be like, well, geez, if this has been my string of luck, like what's coming at me next. Right. It's almost like a baby. Really? I was already overwhelmed with all of these events and you're going to, 
find room to put something else on top of me, it's crazy. We're still in chapter eight, correct? Yes. Okay. I think we can wrap up chapter nine. She's very depressed. She's talking about, I'm sorry, this might be really loud. She's talking about Gwendolyn running free, running wild Mm -hmm. at night, which Mm -hmm. is such a hilarious. Maybe I should try it. You know what? No, I don't live in the suburbs. I shouldn't try running at night myself. Scratch that. Yeah, something about running at night always sounds good in theory. And then I remember how much true crime I have digested in my life. And I know that I shouldn't think that way. But then I'm like, no, I don't want to (laughs) die. So, yeah, here we are. Chapter nine. Correct. Um, It's time, y'all. Are you ready to be invited to the Lakeview Models annual back to school fall preview fashion show featuring special appearance by former Lakeview model Gwendolyn Rogers. <laughs> da, 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 da. Why would Gwendolyn sign up to do anything right now? Yeah, know yourself. girl, know <laughs> yourself. Go back to your evening walk slash runs. This is oh, it's not going to end well for you, Gwendolyn. Not going to end well for you. We watch her just absolutely lose her shit. Yeah, she has probably, honestly, a very well-deserved meltdown. But again, I trust, this is me, this entire novel. It's just feeling bad for everyone, except for Haven's dad, because he's a shithead. But all the women in this novel, pretty much, I'm just like, oh, girl, come here. You need a hug. You need a hug. You need to go listen to your Taylor Swift album of choice. And just be in your feelings for a minute. Absolutely. This is the problem. In 1996, Taylor Swift didn't exist yet. And that (laughs) is the problem. Only seven years old. Yeah, she's only seven years old at the time. She was not currently out there making bops yet. She says she seemed lost and uncomfortable. And it's just like such a dark scene. And I wrote in the the column, what is it called? Margins. I wrote in the margins here. Um, she's really acting like someone who was like either sexually assaulted or like majorly abused. Like I yeah. think this is what I mean. We need a Gwendolyn book. Yeah, give it to me. Yes. Yeah, I just feel oh, Gwendolyn. It's so sad. It's really. It's legitimately very sad. Ugh. We're seeing it from a fifteen-year-old's point of view too. So it's like, oh God, I wonder how bad right? it really is. <laughs> yeah. Because 15-year-olds are genuinely not the nicest at, like, there's, you know, obviously her and Casey kind of have some, like, I feel like Haven is a little bit more understanding uh, to Gwendolyn than Casey is, but they kind of have a few conversations earlier. So, yeah, if a a teenage girl is like, oh, man, then you know it's bad. Oh, yeah. So Gwendolyn, right in the feels. It was as if the Gwendolyn we all knew and expected had been left behind on those glossy magazine pages or had never existed at all. Very likely she never existed at all. Yeah, I was going to say, which honestly, yeah, she probably never did, which is a good thing because the person who existed on those, you know, magazine pages is an unattainable, not real person. Yeah. And I know there's a bunch of like, well, I don't know how many laws there are, but I know there's a lot different laws about like photoshopping and stuff now. Um, yeah. Or maybe just standards. I don't know if there are laws as much as there are standards. Right. Um, and, you know, she was probably edited to the nines. Oh, I'm, I'm certain. 
Yeah. And especially in the nineties, cause that was the, you know, what do they call it? Heroin chic was very in at the time. Oh, yeah. So yeah, there was definitely some hardcore Photoshopping going on during that time because it was already a very unattainable beauty standard. And then it became even more unattainable. During this whole chapter, I'm just like, oh my God, what happened to Gwendolyn? <laughs> I know you basically take a little pause in worrying about Haven for a chapter to just be like, Gwendolyn, who wronged you? What happened? Probably many things, honestly. Like, yeah, being in that, being in the modeling business. Yeah, I'm certain there, there was some kind of abuse going on in her life you know, from a, a manager or, you know, the, I believe they discussed her boyfriend earlier in the novel um, or ex-boyfriend yes. or whatnot. Yeah. So something was definitely going on there. Yeah. Casey is like kind of unlikable in this time period. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's going through a, a moment and she's not going through it gracefully. Let's just say that. I love how she tries to like flirt a little bit with Sumner or like, you know, like wink wink. Mm-hmm. I could never do that. No. With, I was always like either super mean to them or like dead silent. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wrote here, Casey is the freaking worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is not, it's not a good look for Casey in this chapter, I will say. And she's basically trying to get a rise out of Haven because I think she knows that Haven has, whether she'll admit it or not, like a little bit of a crush on Sumner. And Haven's trying to play it off like, oh, no, 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 that's Ashley's ex. He's, oh, like. He's just Sumner. He's too old for me. But she definitely, she has a little thing for him. Let's just say that. Any other thoughts on chapter nine or shall we dive into chapter 10 with the, the wedding One countdown? More. One, more, One more thought. Hit me with it. Um, okay. So Casey does this whole thing with uh, Sumner. It's like queer and Haven's uncomfortable. And Haven says, he's my friend. I said, amazed that Casey could take Sumner away from me and twist him into something else, something almost dirty. That wasn't what he was to me. So it's like she even acknowledges that he's not necessarily like some guy she's trying to like fall in love with and like phone. It's like right. she's truly just personifying her, like the stability she felt before her parents' divorce. 100%. It reminds me of, you know, those like conversations people have about boy bands and how yes. boy bands are good actually, which yeah, agreed. Okay. But because young girls, you know, obviously gravitate toward them and think that they're hot and whatever. But the whole thing is, is it's a safe crush. And I think that's what Sumner is, is it's like the safe crush. Like he's an unattainable person in which she never thinks she's actually going to get with him. And again, he's just personifying the stability that she had in her life prior to this crazy summer of change. But yeah, it, it very much reminds me of like having a crush on a boy band member where it's just like, it's safe. You know, you're never actually going to be with him. You just admire him. And he basically kind of fills that, that void. Like, you know, like, yeah, yeah she, like you said, she's not trying to bone him. Like she doesn't <laughs> have a crush on him like that. It's not, you know, like, 
anything like that. It's just like, oh, he's dreamy and he reminds me of like happy, simpler times. Yeah. Oh, oh man. I think we are about to get into dun, 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 the stripper saga. <laughs> oh, yes. I believe, I believe this is that chapter, the bachelorette party. Oh, shoot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is the bachelorette party and Lewis, which, okay, communication, y'all, and these kind of things is, is very pertinent. Absolutely. It's just it's just gonna cause fights if you guys aren't on the same page about this kind of stuff. Ugh, jeez. Uh, part of me is like Lewis is kind of a dick and overreacting, but another part of me is like it's a little on Ashley for not communicating better. Yeah. Right. Like I have no problem with strippers, so this whole situation is like whatever. I'd be like, oh, you got a stripper? You're silly. Um, right. But, yeah, from, like, his perspective of someone who has, like, big feelings about it, yeah, she should have communicated it with Mm -hmm. him. And then we get – chapter 10 is quite short. It's just, like, strippers and breakups is kind of the the (laughs) jazz. Um, We get – yeah. Casey and Rick have – broken up which who would have thought who would have thought i thought that relationship was clearly going <laughs> this is honestly very comical and i would have seen that right now um i really thought they were gonna go the distance i don't know about you uh said no one ever but yes they broke up but again to, to call back to taylor swift 15 yeah there's nothing like which we're gonna get to here at the very end of this novel um a little bit about more of these thoughts and feelings but this Again, I, half of this novel, I kind of can't stand Casey, but I did feel for her at the end. And I, I like the way this chapter ends with just, I sat curbside with my best friend, Casey Melvin, and helped her, trying to shoulder some of the hurt. There's only so much you can do in those situations. We sat there together in our neighborhood, and Casey cried a short distance down from the hallway. And I just, something about that is so relatable, because again, every teenage girl has done it, has done it multiple times, and half the time... You're sitting there and you're being sympathetic to your friend and the entire time you were like, I think you were too good for him and I didn't think this was going to last. But again, you can't say that a year from now you can, but in that moment, all you can do is, is sit there and hold your friend as she cries because boys are stupid mm-hmm. and they're going to make you cry and your girlfriends will be there to pick you up. Yes. Yes. Uh, any other thoughts and feelings on chapter 10? That is a really short chapter, I'm now realizing. Uh, not really. It's kind of a... Yeah, just... sounds a little bit of a filler there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we are three days in counting to the wedding here in chapter 11. Things are about to get intense. Spicy. Very, very spicy. On the second page of this chapter, it says, my father came back with even more hair. And I wrote, what the heck does this guy's head look like? <laughs> like, what do you mean he just keeps coming back with more hair? Where is he putting it? Where is he putting it? Is it on? Yeah, where is he putting it? Is it on his head? Is it on his chest? Is it, you know, like there? What is going on, sir, with your random midlife crisis and your new wife and your new baby? 
Uh, so here we are. We're back in our one of our favorite locations, the Lakeview Mall. Um, they're having a hot sale. Things are tense right now in Haven's life, as we have mentioned. And we are back uh, at Little Feet. I believe this is a day before the wedding. Yes, the day before Ashley's wedding was also the first day. So we are literally now a day before the wedding. And I'm not going to lie. I'm a little proud of what happens next. I know I shouldn't be. But Haven finally kind of loses it. And you know what? I think she damn well deserved to lose it a little bit. Yes, I agree. I am like, you see it coming this entire time. I just realized I'm super far away. Um, you see it coming this entire time, like, you just, you see the pressure building, 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 like, it's gonna explode. Mm-hmm. Oh, I so, do just want to say, in yes. Haven's defense, mm-hmm. I would have thrown a show with shoe at that lady, too. Oh, yeah. This lady was a bitch, with a capital B. I said it. I yeah. said it. So, yeah, Haven straight up throws a shoe, basically, at a customer. And like I said, I don't think I've ever been more proud of her. <laughs> Honestly. So, you go, girl. I think she deserves it. Um, so, yeah, she obviously has been uh, fired. And she now finds herself uh, basically at the neighborhood park. Um. I added a comma in here at one point. It says about the way he made Ashley human and shrimp cocktail. I feel like there should be a comma after human. <laughs> I have to say, yeah, because I think it's probably a little weird if she's both of those things. Oh my He's God. like, here you go. I made you some human cocktail. <laughs> I miss who we all were. Oh, freaking bridesmaid drops down, drops out again. Yes. Oh, yeah. And that's a whole, that's a whole stress in Ashley's life. And then uh, Haven kind of goes off on her mother a little bit because she has had a day. And her mother is, of course, consumed with the wedding right now. And Haven is basically like, it's not about the wedding for once. God damn it. Yeah, seriously. Um... Oh. And again, with the Dick Dad of the Year award going to Mac McPhail, or however you say their name, McPhail, McPhil, where basically Dad comes over for their Thursday night dinner, Mm -hmm. and he's lurking on the outskirts as per usual, and usually she has to go out and get him, or, or go to him, and so just this once, because she's fed up and she has every right to be, she wants him to come to her, and he doesn't. He just chills out in the car and then drives away. Yep. I don't think I would ever talk to my father after that. I'm just throwing it out there. No. I'd be Absolutely like, a dick. Yeah. And it's because he doesn't want to face the woman he cheated on, and he doesn't want to have to confront the fact that he's starting a new family. He just wants to pick up his daughter and bring her to a restaurant and talk to his fans and I checked that off my list. I don't have to feel like a deadbeat dad anymore. Mm-hmm. Here we are. The, uh, is this the penultimate chapter we are? Yes. 
penultimate chapter 12, we are getting to some real nitty gritty things here. This is, is it the day of the wedding? Are we still a day before? I believe we're the day before because she makes, she misses the rehearsal dinner, I believe. Okay, yes. Which also, and again, I've defended Ashley a few times here, but I feel like this conversation she has with Haven, where she's talking, she's all like, you can't talk to mom like that and whatnot. And I want to be like, get out of here, Bia. Like you have been kind of a jerk to your mom because you've been stressed out about the wedding and that's okay. But Haven has one moment where she stands up for herself and you decide to go after her about that. Not cool. Ashley calls Haven selfish, which is rich hilarious coming from her uh we have here at the beginning of the the novel when we first started our endeavor i talked about the very first chapter how she discusses her relationship with her mom and kind of compares it to this tether so here as we're getting to the end uh she's kind of goes back to that and she says um, I went back to my pop star, envisioning that tether stretched to the limit, fraying from the strain, and then suddenly snapping into pieces, no longer able to hold against the force of my pulling away from it. And I just loved the kind of bookends of we start with this tether and then we end and it's kind of we're fraying and it's snapping. Which, I, again, I think is earned. I think she should. It should snap. Yeah. Definitely. Speaking of mother-daughter relationships, I am obsessed with the fact that Casey and her mother do tap dancing together. That is hilarious. Yes. And I'm living for it. Living for it. I love it. I think that's great. And I'm, I'm happy for them. Yes. I think everyone, maybe we all need to take a mother-daughter tap dancing class. Maybe. You know what? No, thank you. Do I so good? So good. I don't think I'm not sure who would look worse tap dancing. Like it would, it might be me. I think my mother is probably more graceful than I. This chapter also gave me like the willies because she was like describing Sumner, like she loved him, and for like a second, it felt like they might actually get together. And I was like, ew, yeah, yeah, please don't do that. The age gap is too gross. Mm -hmm. But luckily, that that's not the case. So yeah, she ends up going to meet up with him instead of being, uh, she's pissed off at the world essentially, but Ashley and her mother quite a bit. And she's, I think, pissed off at herself about what she did at her job and getting fired, even though I think she was 100% right to have thrown that shoe, as we have discussed. Mm -hmm. So she ends up meeting Sumner at his, he's teaching old people to dance. And then, yeah, they kind of have this weird, ugh, uh, disturbing dance moment, which, yeah, uh, agreed, gives me the willies because I was like, please do not have her get with him. Please do not have her get with him. But thankfully, that is not where we go. Uh, they, he's like, you know, let me drive you home. And so she's kind of telling her that he knows what happened at the mall. And then she's kind of going back into her old habits of basically begging him to kind of reconcile with Ashley and you know she's talking about how that summer when they were together like you know Ashley was different um and then he basically realistically because again he is not 15 he has a little bit more perspective is like it was high school it was a short high school relationship like it wasn't that big of a deal 
and she's all like, you made her happy. And he just keeps being like, it was a long time ago. Oh yeah. She like breaks down and she's like, my father ran away with a weather girl. Ashley doesn't like me. My mother's sad. Like she just kind of piles on like all this stuff. Oh, yep. Yep. And he's, she's like basically saying like, since you left, because you left all of this, right. or because Ashley sent you away. All of this terrible stuff has happened. And I, I wrote, this must be kind of weird for him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you sounded like, Jesus, this is a lot to put on me, kid, yeah. you know? Uh, like, so yeah. well, I haven't seen you in years. I've dated your sister for two months. Like, <laughs> relax. And now, apparently, the fact that your sister dumped me years ago is the reason that your entire world is crumbling. Uh, so he basically says, like, you don't know the whole truth. And she's like, I know plenty. She knows about the fact, you know, we've talked about how she watched through the window, the breakup happened on Halloween. Um, and then finally, he says, uh, what happened with me and Ashley? Well, it wasn't like you remember it. There was a lot involved. Um, and so he basically finally admits that he cheated on Ashley and that is the reason that she broke up with him and not only did he cheat on her but it was with oh my god what is her name their like friend who was with them at the Halloween get together thing maybe um her sister says it later oh that might be it I think she might tell her in the at the wedding or whatever um, so yeah, so then basically he, they're driving and she doesn't want to be with him anymore because this perfect person that she had on a pedestal is now ruined for her. And so she's like, I'm getting the hell out of the Dodge and there's a big storm going on because again, it's the South in the summer and this is what happens. Thunderstorms just kind of roll out of nowhere. And so she's basically running and she can't see anything. And who does she run into? but Gwendolyn Rogers. Yep. And they just stare at each other. Yeah. It seemed like we stood there together forever. Gwendolyn and I, two strangers in a clearing with the rain pounding down inexplicably brought together in a summer storm. I wanted to talk to her, wanted words to come so I could say something that would make this all real. Something about what we had in common, a neighborhood, a summer, a revelation about a belief once considered sacred, but she only stared at me, her face wistful, a small smile creeping across it as if she knew me had lost me all along the way and only now found me again here. I think she knew it too. In that moment, she knew me. And that honestly, again, where's the Gwendolyn Rogers novel? Give it to me. Yes. Um, but yeah, I just I, pick up Gwendolyn's life from here. She yeah. Haven's good friend. Right. Little, you know, older sister stand in. Uh, yeah. I think maybe, maybe she needs that. Um, and then, oh, yes, okay, here we go. Um, this is where the rest of the truth comes out. So then who ends up finding her but uh, Ashley. And so she finds her out in the on the path in the pouring rain. And, you know, they were all like, we were worried about you. And then finally, Ashley kind of comes clean about everything that happens. Um, how she dumped him, uh, but only because he cheated on me with that girl, Laurel Adams. Remember her? I walked in on them that night at the party. That's why I broke up with him. Um, and so then the truth has now come clean that, in fact, Sumner broke Ashley's heart. Mm -hmm. And um, 
Haven is really struggling with this. Like, it was like the one thing she was holding on to from her previous life. And that has also now been shattered for her. So it's just like, you yep. know, she's, she's starting at the bottom at this point. But I guess that's where she needed to be. Yep. And then she, um, Ashley basically says, it's too hard and it hurts too much when it ends. The first boy is always the hardest to get over Haven. It's just the way the world works. And if, again, that ain't the damn truth. Yes. Um, so, yeah. There, there she is. She's gotten her first kind of uh, disappointment. And I think you start this novel and you kind of think, ah, this guy, manic pixie dream boy, put on a pedestal. This is not going to work out the way Haven thinks it's going to work out. But it's still very devastating when it does come crashing down on her. Although, again, I'm really happy that the two of them never got together because it would have been really creepy. Really, really gross. Um, luckily, I did never got that vibe from him at all. It seems yeah. like he was doing, like, older brother. Um, yes, yes. Um, 100%. I did want to talk to you at once we got to this quote about your first love. My oh, first you. love. How old was I? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm like being put on the spot a little bit. I'm trying to think of like, um, I would say probably like 16. Yeah, so right about like Haven's age. I was about 16 the first. I'd had maybe a couple of boyfriends, but that was like the first time that I think I like really was like, oh, like I like love this boy. And that was like, pretty devastating when things ended. Although I have to say probably like the quote unquote, like the first one being the hardest, which I think is true, but I think actually my hardest one came in college. Um, and it, again, I kind of felt blindsided by it sort of like this situation. Um, nothing as bad as like someone cheating on me or anything, but it just like ended so abruptly. And he just like, turned on me and I just wanted to talk things over because I didn't think we were over, but according to him, we were. And it was maybe the first and only time in my life that I did like the super stare. It was like around finals week two. So I was already like oh. super stressed. And then this on top of it. And I just remember like I was at home trying to study because I was like, I have a final tomorrow. Like I can't be worried about stupid boy drama. And then I was like, I'm giving myself an hour. And I went to Publix got myself some mint chocolate chip ice cream, listened to Taylor Swift's All Too Well, like the entire ride back and forth, like got that out, ate some ice cream, and then was like, okay, you got to move on. Like you have to study for finals. But like I gave myself like a half hour to an hour to just like cry and eat ice cream. And then I was like, carry on, girl, carry on. <laughs> I love that. Uh, what was uh what was yours? What was your first like big big love and big heartbreak? Oh, it was my best friend. Well, I don't know. I probably calling him my best friend is probably a lot, but we were very good friends. Mm. Um we kind of had this weird relationship. Um and then we kind of did this like weird on and off thing until I moved to Florida, to be honest. Wow. Like yeah, not um, like a good on and I don't think I ever have done an on and off thing. Both of my sisters, not to like out there, <laughs> out there relationship dramas, uh, <laughs> both had like that one guy that like they did like on and off with. 
And I think that's one of the things I benefited, like from being a little sister. I was like, no, 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 no. If someone ever says we're done, we're done. Like I'm not, mm -mm, nope, we're not (laughs) messing around again after that. So I just like, I loved him so much. And I think honestly, he loved me so much, but our time, first of all, we were so young that we did not have the language Mm -hmm. to like describe what we felt for each other. And the second thing is like, we were young. Oh my God. I forgot the second thing. Well, (laughs) we were really young and I really loved him and he really loved me, but we just could not figure it out. Um, we still talk. We have each other on social media. I mean, we don't talk, but we have each other on social media. We like you're on good terms. It's not like you're like, dear God, I would never want to speak or look at you again. Kind of thing. Yeah. I like, you know, shit went down. It wasn't great, but we were kids. Yeah. But Ain't that yeah, the truth? It's a lot. I just heavy. think that, yeah, like that's, that is heavy. And I think that people often forget. And I think that's what I loved about revisiting this book is like, you know, again, I obviously am in a much better place in my life romantically. Like I yes. found my person, I'm married, I'm happy. And I think sometimes when you become that like happy married person, like you forget that, that like what it's like to be, I'm saying this is my husband is doing a weird dance in the kitchen, actually. <laughs> That's marriage, y'all. You're just trying to talk very like profoundly and your husband distracts you by being a weirdo. Anyways, um, love. But yeah, I just think sometimes I forget. Not like I would ever want to be that girl during finals week eating ice cream and listening to Taylor Swift and whatever. But I think it's good to like, remember that girl Mm -hmm. and and be empathetic and realize that so many people you know are going through that all the time every day someone is getting their heart broken and it sucks and it's not you know it's not the worst thing that's ever going to happen in your life by far there are much greater things but it is this like really terrible pain that I think we all need to remember and just like be sympathetic toward and that first love is like a feeling you you really only get once. You know, obviously, yeah. I'm very much in love with my husband. With my husband. Hey. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> um, <laughs> as you can see, very excited to marry him. Yeah, she's but, ready. Um, but yeah, that first love is just you're so young. You don't. It's like you're feeling it for the first time. You're like, whoa, this is awesome. Yeah. Um, and like you said, like you don't you were saying about the your first love like you don't have the language like you don't you don't know you've never felt it before like think of all of the things you've done for the first mm-hmm. time in your life and these are big emotions and you've never felt this way before and it's like no wonder first loves very rarely work out and they my parents high school sweethearts um so it does occasionally but in general I know they're adorable <laughs> but in general it doesn't and it's like yeah no duh because like, who is good at anything? Like, the first time they do something, you know? Like, inc- it's just such a big thing to love someone. I just, yeah, it's mind-blowing. <laughs> and we were dealing with so many, like, it was all, like, there were so many big things that were happening that it was like, how could we even, how could we even begin to navigate this as kids? Yeah. Like, it was just, it, and then you're trying to wrap up high school, you're trying to start college, it's like, 
there's so much other stuff going on in your life at that age that mm-hmm. trying to navigate an actual relationship is like is near I legitimately don't know how I think about this now like how yeah people have relationships in like high school and college and obviously I, I did but I'm like I was working a part-time job I was a full-time student I was trying to have friendships. I was trying to juggle a boyfriend. Like, how does anyone survive that? Like, I think about the time, you know, like I look at my schedule and I I try to think of time to plan with my husband. And like, my life is so much simpler now. All I have to do is worry about my job, my whatever I want to do in my downtime and hanging out with him. Like, that's so much less to juggle. My nose just made a really weird noise. (laughs) congested problems that was really weird I wonder if that like picked up on the mic I don't know I could hear it okay good (laughs) anywho I mean I called myself out because I talked about it but I can edit that out but keep it in keep it in I'm probably gonna keep that in actually it's funny um but yeah I just I think my life is hectic now like how did I do anything then that's a lot. We ask a lot out of teenagers. Like, really, we ask a lot. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's crazy. And Their I do brains feel are like developing. also, like, first loves don't, like, you always kind of feel it. Feel it. Not, like, yeah. feel it in a romantic way, but, like, you right. still, like, you know, like, I still sometimes see him on Instagram, like, doing something cool, and I'm, like, really happy for him and stuff like that. Right. You know, it's, like, you still, yeah. it lasts. As long and as after, it doesn't end in some, well, we ended in right. a dramatic way, but like, yeah, what you mature, you get older, you move on. Right. And then you like move on and you're like, good for them. I like yeah. found my person, they're doing their thing. We're all happy and better off for it. But yeah, someone is like, like you being like, ooh, like when you were just asking that question, like I got like, like weirdly wistful. And I think like, yeah. that's just what happens when you talk about, it. you're just like, Oh yeah. Like that time in my life. Oh, yeah. Memories. <laughs> it's like really me and him don't know each other at all anymore, but I still have right. this like fondness for him that I like. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That, I've... Fondness that you always hold on to. I hope, I hope everyone's first loves are out there doing well. <laughs> Unless they were a to... dick to you. Unless they and, were like, in that case, then, then fuck like them. fuck them. <laughs> yeah. They're the worst, and we don't wish them well. But everyone else, yeah. you and your first love are all doing well. And if you're yeah. with your first love, good kudos. For good for you. Mom, dad, if you're listening to this, yes, kudos. I'm proud good. of you guys. Thanks. Thanks for that working out, because it really worked out for me, because I'm alive because of it. So Yeah, it definitely worked out for you. And Mike, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. We all worked out. That, that mm-hmm. all worked out in the end, didn't it, for all of us there? Uh, here we are. It's time. It's the wedding day. We started with a wedding. We're ending with a wedding. Uh, here we are. Everyone's feeling the feel. I'm feeling the feels because we just went on a whole beautiful discussion about first love. Yeah, I know. Aw. It is Uh, such a nice memory. So basically Haven is kind of, you know, we're wrapping things up here. Um, Ashley has now gotten married or is getting married today. Haven is discussing the fact that she is going to basically make her mom go on this retreat to Europe with Lydia, which yes, mom who doesn't have a name can 100% deserve. Yeah. And also, can I come? You deserve to go on a nice European excursion. I'm so down with that. Um, also get this like really beautiful scene. Um, 
where she where Haven says she took a long nap after her like little breakdown. And when mm. she woke up, um, Ashley and her mom were drinking wine and laughing in the kitchen and they all just kind of sat down and hung out and talked about old times and kind of connected in this way that I think Haven really needed but wasn't getting. Yes. Um, and so I think it's just so beautiful that they got to have this moment the night before, you know, she starts her yeah. new life. Yeah. Um, and also, then, it made me sad. I was like, I want to I do know. that again. <laughs> I want, I think that is another one of my asides. Um, that was one of my favorite things. Did I discuss this? Maybe. Oh, man, we're already, we're only three weeks in. I'm already like, did I discuss this? Imagine <laughs> when we're like 18 weeks in. And I'm like, did I ever bring this up on the podcast before? Uh, but yeah, I think that was one of my favorite things about my wedding was like the lead up activities too. And like having those moments, like the night, the first night I bachelorette party was great because I actually just got, unfortunately because I was married during the COVID times, um, I was only allowed two people to come to my dress, like to pick out my dress with me. So I picked my mom and my sister who lives locally and we had a lovely time, but it was sad because I didn't get to bring like my whole, you know, girl gang with me to pick out my dress. But I was very fortunate that it came in the night that all of my girls were getting in town for my bachelorette party. So I didn't tell them that I picked up my dress that day. And uh, we go to dinner. We have this lovely night. And then Megan, my eldest sister, because she had already seen me in it because she had helped me pick it out. And it had a bunch of buttons, so I needed help. I called her upstairs and was like, hey, I got my dress today. And I wanted to surprise everyone. And I wanted to have my perfect shoes, all that prom staircase descent moment because there was stairs in our Airbnb. And I'm like, help me get in this. And she's like, okay. And then I got in my dress and all my girls were there, like all my bridesmaids. And one of my sisters who, you know, lives out of state who don't get to see us often anymore. And I walked down and like half of them were crying. And then like, it made me want to cry. And then like, we just like had such a love fest and we drank sangria that night. And like, it was a beautiful thing. And I like really needed that. And I remember at the end of like my bachelorette weekend being like, I never want to get married again because obviously I just want to get married once. And also this has been really stressful, but like this weekend was great. Like I want to do this again. And my friend Katie was like, they're called girls weekends, Bethany, and you can do them whenever you want. And I'm like, Oh yeah, girl, you're right. You're right. I don't like, yeah, they don't be for bachelorette parties. Like we could just have a girls weekend. But yeah, y'all, the moral of the story is have girls weekends, but definitely get with your girls before your wedding. Cause like, you, yeah, yeah, you need a night where you drink wine and you just like get nostalgic and like reconnect with like your family and your friends and you remember that life is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, I will, I will say like, oh my god, you know I'm PMSing because I'm about to cry. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you like, I will say that the thing that's making all of this wedding planning and all this money that I'm putting into this wedding, whatever worth it is when I see my nieces and they tell me how excited they are for the wedding. Yes. Like, you know, we're doing a sleepover the night before in this cabin that I rented. And I'm just like, I'm just so looking forward to spending this time with my nieces, um, like on the bachelorette party and the night before. And I just can't wait to like connect with them and hang out with them. And I think that's, I feel like that's going to be such a special Oh, 100%. And I cannot talk about it anymore because I will cry. Because she will cry. (laughs) Yeah, I truly believe that, like, as silly as that sounds, because weddings are supposed to be about 
you know, joining these two families and the bride and the groom. And they 100% are. Like, I remember at one point during my wedding day, just, like, I was just, like, standing with Mike. And I just was, like, oh, like, this, like, we – and I was just, like, so happy to see him, too. Because, like, the night before, obviously, we, like, slept in different places or whatever. And I just remember, like, getting down the end of the aisle. And I was just, like, oh, like, I felt better because, like, he was there, you know, and he's my person. But I really think, like, the wedding, in a sense, and all the buildup to the wedding, like you were saying, the night before and, like, the bachelorette and stuff, it's it's 100% about, like, family and friends. And then I think, like, the honeymoon is for the couple. Like, that's where the two of you get to have your time and relax and whatever. But I think all of the festivities, like, building up to the wedding and even the wedding to a certain extent, yeah. And like you said, it makes all of it worth it because it is super stressful and it's a ridiculous amount of money. But then... Yeah, like, I was so excited to see, like, my nieces and nephews dressed up in their little, like, flower girl and bring their outfits, and I I was so excited to see, I did a first look with them, because, like, my nieces are very much at the age where they, like, you know, love princesses and twirly dresses, which, like, same, <laughs> I'm a grown adult, <laughs> but, I, yeah, so I loved like seeing myself through their eyes, I guess. And it was like, this is worth it. This God awful expensive dress was 100% worth it to like see the look on my niece's faces when I like yeah. stepped out in it. So like, yeah, y'all it's great. Anyways. Such a special <laughs> that, relationship. Such a special relationship. I'm just Girls like, oh, love. I can't. My nieces are great. 18. Yeah. Like in December. And I'm just like, oh, it's wild. When did that happen? It's wild. Like, when did it happen? She was a baby, and now yes. she's eight, going to be 18. Like, she's going to be a full human. That's crazy. <sighs> oh, we are nostalgic right now, aren't we? We are. God, yeah. Which is funny, because we are, like, on the verge of tears talking about our past <laughs> wedding and our future wedding. And also, you know what I'm really excited for? in how many of our weeks I'm bad at time, but you know, we'll be like, Hey guys, we're taking the week off because I'm going up to my clan's wedding and she's going to be getting married and going on a honeymoon. So we'll see y'all in a couple weeks. Like, won't that be fun when we can like record that at the end of an episode? We'll Sorry. Fans, you won't be getting, yeah. You won't be getting an episode from us next week. Cause Michael Ann's getting married. <laughs> That's really yeah. great. I'm and looking forward to like, that. Oh my God. Pictures. Cause we're going to have fans. <laughs> Yeah, we're just so have fans by then. They're going to be really invested and they're going to want to see pics. It's going to be great. We're going to be wild. So, yeah, as we are talking about how we're getting emotional, let's wrap this up with this. Uh, Haven's mother says, you know, lucky, um, but Haven will be the strong one. They're talking about how, you know, crying at the wedding or whatever. Lucky for her, she didn't inherit her mother's emotional tendency. And then what happens? She, here we go. Uh, hold on. Let me back up. I turn the page too quickly and the quote starts on the other page. Here we go. All right. Uh, okay. I saw Lewis blushing and my mother dabbing her eyes. And I thought about all we've been through my sister and I, the fights and the good times. And every day we had that led up to this one. And suddenly I was crying. I knew my mascara was running and I was the only one up there in front. So close to bawling, but still the tears came rolling down my cheeks as she got closer and her own eyes met mine from beneath her veil. I wanted to say it all then, but before I could speak, she stepped away from my father and put her arms around me, hugging me tightly, her bouquet against my neck. I smelled flowers, my mother's garden. As I held her and knew, I didn't have to say anything. My sister, wiser than I, ever gave her credit for. She held me and whispered she loved me before pulling back, wiping her own eyes. 
And damn it, if that doesn't get you right in the feels. And I love that it's like the three generations of women, like the sisters, but also like it's the the flowers and her bouquet is from her mother's garden. So like her mother is also right there with them. Woo! That, yeah. yeah. Mm, so good. It's so, so good. good. And like, who gives a shit who's walking her down the aisle? Yeah. Her. Who gives a shit? It is all about that moment right there. Who gives a shit who she's marrying? It is about that beautiful moment between two sisters. And I'm, yeah, I'm just going to read the whole last page apparently. Cause also this last paragraph is really beautiful too. Um, I knew it then for me and Ashley, there wasn't any time left to think back to that summer and the beach and a boy who charmed us and disappointed us. There was only what stretched out ahead years full of new summers and promise with all the time in the world left to start again. My sister who never understood most of the things I wanted her to might have been able to understand what had happened to me in the summer of weddings and beginnings. And she was right. The first boy was always the hardest. Oh, the end, y'all. We have reached the end. God, this was her first novel, y'all. And it, I guess this isn't even my favorite, but just beautiful. Like what, absolutely, what a great debut novel. I mean, look what it did to 30-year-old women. Who are sitting here, like, crying really about their moment. old lives. Yeah, like, oh, God. Like, our nieces and our sisters <laughs> and just our families. I'm going to get done filming this podcast and immediately text my sisters that I love them. And they're probably going to be like, what is wrong with you? And I'll be like, it's fine. I'm fine. I just love you guys. But, yeah, I remember, like, reading this, uh, you reading that paragraph. I was just, like, picturing what it felt like to see my sisters walking down the aisle. And I remember, and my cousin, who was, like, very much like a sister to me um walking down the aisle I just remember being like a freaking puddle what the other sister that was the other maid of honor at the time I had to be like stop it so that I would not cry but I was like I was like all the pictures of her <laughs> oh and also people can't see this but I'm making a very dramatic it was face. it was a very great like a good ugly cry face not yeah. like a pretty cry a good ugly cry face Mm-hmm. Oh, oh such a but yeah, that's just beautiful. And I'm just happy, you know, it has obviously very open ended, which is life, obviously, but I'm glad that, you know, the most important thing out of this novel is that her mother, her relationship with her mother, her and her relationship with her sister. And, you know, that, like she was saying, is, is full of promise. Screw their dad, screw Sumner. It's all about you know, the ladies of that family. And I hope that all of them, you know, 1986, I hope Ashley and Lewis did make it. I hope they're still, <laughs> they've been married now for like whatever, 20 years or something, uh, 20 some odd years. And I hope that they're doing really well for themselves. And I hope Haven's out there just absolutely rocking it. I'm just over here, you know, a 31 year old lady crying <laughs> over, <laughs> over feelings, over weddings and sisterhood and, stuff i don't know y'all we just have a lot of feelings (laughs) and i think this book is just such a beautiful representation of like the complexities of sisters yeah it's not like you know i was saying earlier it's not always easy especially when you're growing up especially if you have such a a large age gap like you and your eldest sister have Mm -hmm. um i'm fortunate that my sisters are slightly closer in age but even then i felt like at certain ages we were living just completely different lives um but yeah now that we're all grown adults and i think i think especially at times of wedding and change is when you really do 
get that connection. Um, just because, mm-hmm. you know, it was something both of them had been through. And I was really stressed out, plus the added pandemic of it all for me. Yeah. So it was just really nice to kind of have them be like, not, you know, to, to understand, but also never belittle my feelings and be like, yeah, it does suck. It sucks that, you know, wedding planning is stressful. Like, like I remember my sister Megan one time being like, I was so stressed out and I didn't have a worldwide pandemic. So like, I can't even imagine. And that was just so nice. Cause like, sometimes you do feel like you're being really dramatic. Like we were judging Ashley in this novel. Sometimes I'm like, girl, chill. Um, but that, you know, again, that's not going to help you if someone tells you that. So it was just so nice to have someone be in my corner and be like, yeah, like this, that sucks. And I can't even imagine. And like, you're, you're doing a great job. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So. I, like, I still have your little hand sanitizers from your wedding. Yes. Them around. Um, They're still very good. <laughs> they do. They're amazing. Uh, but yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, weddings. First weddings. loves, sisters. First loves, sisters. Y'all, I hope you had as good of a time crying, laughing, reading this <laughs> novel as we did. I hope it made you sit wistfully and think about your first love like it did to both of us. Yes. And I hope I like, that if your first love ended up sucking in a big way, that you've got a really great second and third and fourth love. Yeah. And that you're killing it. And you or posting these great Instagram posts and your first love is like, damn, they're the one who got away. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, keep keep killing it on Instagram. I'm just <laughs> keep killing it on Instagram. We are in our 30s. Because yeah. we're, we're on Instagram. We're not on the TikTok. I'm not cool enough to be on the TikTok, okay? Um, I'm on Instagram because I'm an old person. <laughs> I'm an old millennial who cries reading Sarah Dessen novels. And I can't wait to cry my way through someone like you, which will be our next novel that we're diving into. We're going to go ahead and break that one down over the next couple episodes. And then we have a special movie adaptation that we will be discussing soon as well. So thanks for, thanks for coming into our cozy little corner and and discussing first love and, and heartbreak with us today. Thank you guys. Uh, like and subscribe. Is that a Please. thing? Please. Right? Yeah, that's a thing. Rate us. Leave us a review. All right. I'll leave Keep us on nice keeping one. on. Don't leave us any ones. And remember, the, the first is always the worst. Unless it's the first review, it'll be the best. Okay, yes. thanks. <laughs> Bye.